Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Season Amateurs Podcast. Um, we got me and Josh here. Uh, we're gonna run through. It's been a couple weeks. We apologize. We had some things going on. Life happens. Um, shout out to Chris for finishing his uh, final paper, even though he's not on here with us today. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we kind of missed every you know talking, getting together. So we're gonna do today. It's just me and me and Josh. But we're going to kind of run through some, you know, it's not baseball started while we were gone. Eh. Nobody cares. Nope, not really. Um, <laughs> like we said, we said a couple weeks ago, you know, this this little lockout wannabe thing was going to hurt it. And it did just not the way I think it. it I think it did, but not as much as everybody thought it would. Um, people still love baseball, just as it is. Uh but we are going to start this week. We haven't the playoffs have started since our our hiatus. Um, so we're going to start with the playoffs. Uh, I want to start with a game that I want to start with the series. It just ended tonight. We just you know as we always as we tell you we we record Wednesday night. Um, but this series has looked very good, very interesting. For a team that nobody really thought was going to be a good team this year with the Celtics and how they've stepped up that game in the last half of the season. And the team that everybody expected now that Kyrie can play every game to win to be the team in the East. And that's the, yeah. So again, the Nets, Nets Celtics, the end of game one put Tatum on the map. Like it gave him an, a seed. I think it's giving him like I, I love Keyshawn Johnson saying it gave him an invitation to the seat of the table. I think that's fair. I think that is slightly missing some of what Tatum has been doing, though. It almost I, discredits how much he has been doing. But I think now doing it again when more people are watching, because frankly, in the East, I don't know if there's a team more overlooked than the Heat but then the Celtics would be up there um, looking at what they've turned into looking at how they played down the stretch. I think there's a lot there to like, and I think a lot of people have been sleeping a little bit on Tatum, but you can't sleep on Tatum when he finishes off game one like that. Um, and I think it's exciting to see, you know, as you said, unexpected. Um, what's their coach name? Uh, Ime Udoka. Ime yeah. the, yep. Yep. Um, done a phenomenal job. And I loved watching some of the, the breakdown of that final play because you oh, see yeah. two things. You see the poor defense by Kyrie and KD. Yep. You know, K- KD got caught sleeping. Yes, um, he did. You know, I, I might be far more energized if I got the sleep that KD got on that play. Good Lord. He's just <laughs> standing there flat footed. But what was highlighted was the unselfishness of the Celtics players. Yo. Know, Jalen Brown passing up a shot. Marcus Smart passing up a shot, getting it to Tatum on the cut for the basket. And and the way those guys are playing together after seemingly some some possibilities of division amongst them, they they look good. Yeah, I I will say this. I I heard this right before the playoffs that the Celtics are a team where Tatum is their best player 
but Marcus Smart is the leader of the team. And I love the way that sounds because Marcus Smart has had this like persona of like this rugged, like grimy, nobody should like me persona. But he's been a Celtic for 10 years now, maybe longer. He's been there a while. And he's the leader of the team. He's the one everybody looks to for guidance and how to play this game out and how to do this. Now, Tatum and Brown are the best players on the team. But they're young and they're learning and and they're coming up. So this game, this series, like everybody's saying, this series is Tatum's coming out party. If the Celtics beat the Nets and Tatum's doing what he's doing right now, this is what this is where everybody that next step for Tatum. This is like that where you Tatum goes into a different field. Well, now, I think that what's interesting is looking at tonight's game. You know, well, what is tonight? Tomorrow it'll be last night, but right. Wednesday night's game. Um, Horford had 16 points. Tatum only had 19. Um, Thice had 15. Jalen Brown had 22. Marcus Smart had 12. Grant Williams had 17, and Peyton Pritchard had 10. Like that is diversified scoring and they don't even have Robert Williams right now, which if he does get healthy later, this series is only going to make um, Boston a lot more dangerous because their defense will improve. Yeah. I think with this series, what it's showing is basically, you know, you said there was like that thought of division in this team before it basically just shows that this team, whatever it did, I mean, even off the bench, you know, you're looking at everybody off the bench at one person on the bench didn't go into double digits, yep. which means everybody gave something to this game. You know, Tatum had 19 points, you said, 10 assists, you know, six rebounds. He's that's all around the play. Basketball. No, no, that's that's fundamental. Like, that's what you're taught as a kid is everybody plays. You know, you may have one great player, but you're only as good as everybody else on the team. You can't do everything. And that's what they're learning. That's what they're putting into it. But I'm going to switch that over to the other team you mentioned. And that's the Miami Heat. And you saying, you know, like they were like that shadow that, you know, people were kind of like, don't talk about. I think, and this is my, just my opinion. I think that they were that way because they had injuries all year long to key players, but it wasn't like it didn't kick them out of the game. It just, you know, didn't make them look like the number one team. You know, Butler was out a couple games. Oladipo was out a couple games. Oladipo is now getting back into this game. You know, like they've had people just kind of in and out, in and out of that lineup but they still have just continually put themselves on that pedestal. Yeah. And I think just one thing I want to go jump back for one second and highlight that Brooklyn KD KD scored 27 tonight, but he was four for 17 from the field. He was 18 for 20 from the free throw line. So that's where he got all of his points, basically all those points. And, And Kyrie was 10 points with four from for 13 from the field. So I know a lot of people were talking about how KD was going to go off. You know, Kyrie was fueled by the crowd. He was going to go off. You know, homeboy scored 10 points. I don't know how many birds he flipped tonight, but uh, 
he, he wasn't scoring yeah. the baskets but yeah. but no i now going back to yours with the heat no i think the heat are a solid team they don't have the superstars that we've come to get used to on contending teams you know in a minute we'll talk about phoenix with devin booker we'll talk about golden state with steph curry yeah. we're talking about the nets we're talking about the celtics you know we we see you know the 76ers all of them have stars jimmy jimmy butler is great but i don't think he's going to be the best player on any of those teams that i just named you know no he, he's not Mm-mm. like they they lack the superstars that even like is he better than Ja morant i i don't know um anthony edwards and carl anthony towns would be a better pairing in my mind than what jimmy butler and hassan whiteside like but somehow the heat they outside of that little bench kerfuffle earlier in the year they know how to play together they know how to win games and and i think they do have a lot of experience if they are maybe lacking for superstars yeah i agree i think you know jimmy butler is a great player but the problem with jimmy butler is jimmy butler can't keep his problems to himself like he can't keep his own self. He hurts himself. I say it that way. Let's say it that way. He hurts his self, his, his image with his own attitude of how good he thinks he is. And you can't tell me what to do and you can't. And it's like, he's, I joked with somebody at my office. He's the TO of basketball. You know, he's a great player, but he's in his own way. But I think maybe T.O. was a, like my argument. The argument I got back was T.O. was a better football player for as, as far as who he was than Butler is as a basketball player. I would almost uh. think Kyrie could be more in that vein. Because I, T.O. Okay. T, if T.O. worked and and like T.O. could have been the best wide receiver to ever play the game. I know. Like physical traits. Not not too far away from Antonio Brown. Like could have been the best to ever play the game yeah i agree i agree didn't yeah (laughs) yeah all right um i will say this you know this series the heat hawks um i mean trey's doing everything he can bogdanovich is playing pretty well but is trey Trey, trey's not been playing that great like come on you know every everybody oh trey young oh trey young you know what like i i can think of what five eight ten young players i would start a franchise with over trey young i i don't think he's you know everybody's like oh he's all that in a bag of chips no no like he's not all that and he's definitely no bag of chips and if so it's that walk you know knockoff walmart bag of chips it ain't no doritos or cheetos or anything good <laughs> it's like, the uts trey young is not no i like uts too like i'm, I'm talking I don't, I don't even know what it's that stale bag of chips that's that's what trey young is I, I don't know, but I don't want it. Like, that that's what it is. You know, maybe he's like oh. pork rinds. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, like, Trey Young is talented, but, oh, he's out there. He's mean mugging. He's, you know, strutting. And then he goes so cold. You know, all of his, the play-in games, he, he was terrible in the first half, and they almost lost. But then he did turn it on in the second half, but now all of a sudden they're playing the Heat, they're playing better defense, and guess who can't just turn it on in the second half after a terrible first half? That's true. I agree. I will give you that one. 
We'll give you that one. I, I, I guess I look at this. The, the Heat are going to run away with this series. Um, you know, I think the one thing is, is, you know, who, who they – I can't remember the whole matchup chart in my head right now. Um, but I think if the Heat win, it goes to the Sixers. So, because I know, like, if, if I remember right, if the Celtics win, they go to Milwaukee. Okay. So, but I still see the Heat winning this. Um, I see it with a very easy fashion for them because I just think that they have more weapons. Yep. Um, and I, I, like I said, like, they may not have big stars, but they have – but that like players that want to play and players that love and get into that mix. And the one thing I will say is their coach has been there so many times. Rich Spolster has been there so much. Yep. You could give him somebody like Butler, who's got the attitude and they'll figure out a way to work with it. You know? So. No, Spolster is a great coach. So um, next I will go with. The other, I'm going to go with last night's games before we go into this today's games. Minnesota and Memphis series is tied one one. It's been a great looking series. Um, you know, game one, Minnesota came out and just showed that you know, hey, I we need to be here. We're we're a team that should you know we need you need to recognize. And everybody's like looking at Jago and what what's going on, man. Game two, Josh said, this is what's going on. Plain and simple. Jaw looked, almost pulled a triple-double off. Looked like a, unstoppable. He looked like, you know, before the injury. I would, I'm, I'm loving this series because it's just getting chippy, too. And I love that. You know, and I think, I think in the series, you look and you see they came into game one. And Timberwolves were flying high. And then I think the Grizzlies were probably overlooking it a little bit. You know, they're the two seed. They've been playing great. A lot of people have kind of been jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. And Minnesota comes in and shocks them. Now they come back out. They've got a better plan for guarding Carl Anthony Towns. They, they slow down Anthony Edwards. Jaw plays up to his capabilities. I still think the Grizzlies win that series. I think, I think... Yo, the Timberwolves are an interesting team. Yo, if they keep those guys there with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards looks like a superstar in the makings, and then Cat is just such a versatile big man. But the Grizzlies, I think, still hold out. They win that series. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Memphis is going to take that series. I think it will go five. But I think it's going to be a very fun and interesting five-game series. Um, I think it'll be one of those games. I think it'll be one of those series where I think this is, I don't want to say like we were talking earlier about Tatum's coming out party because Josh played great all season long, but I think this is the, that series, this is like the playoffs, you know, Memphis is real first time to be in the playoffs. I think this is where Josh has to show that, Hey, I was the, you know, I wasn't number one pick, but I'm, I'm here. And, and, and this is a good series for him to start that. All right, so next we got – I'm just going to go down the line. 
Next one we got is the Pelicans and the Suns. Now, this series is tied at 1-1. But this series, I think, I don't want to put an asterisk, but a very key component of this series is outright or is gone for the next two games, and that's Devin Booker. Um, I will say this. I don't think anybody put this much faith in the Pelicans to play as well as they have been in the last two games. Um, I think the pickup and acquisition of CJ McCollum halfway through this with, with Ingram and Jones, I think the Pelicans, if I'm, if I'm the Pelicans, I'm sitting there going Zion who? And I'm even okay with that. No, I, I think, if you, I think that move to bring in CJ McCollum looks incredible. It makes the Sixers look pretty dumb for not trading for CJ McCollum earlier in the year and possibly getting a few other pieces as well. Um, because while I'm not as low on Harden right now as a lot of people are, at the same time, I still think I would take CJ McCollum over him as you long as Tyrese Maxey would still have the breakout that he's having. Right. But all that aside, um, I think I look at this and I say, like, man. Are, are we creating an environment where Zion would want to play for us? And I think you are. Playing with a oh, guy yeah. like CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram really coming out. I, you know, unless Zion just decides no, he refuses to play in a non-big market, I think the Pelicans are showing him like, no, we can be a team. And if this is what we have without you, imagine what we are with you. I agree with that. I think the one thing is, is like for me, it just seems like, Every time you turn around, you know, like there was all this, like, does Zion want to be here or Zion looking to go to New York, yada, yada, yada. If I'm – New Orleans has done everything to build a team that nobody wanted to be a part of this. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they got Brandon Ingram, who was great, but, like, AD was like, I want out of here. I don't want to be here. You know, you have built something here to make this – city want to come watch you again and it is missing i think i if you put i just think if you put zion in this it'll be great but i think what i'm saying though i guess what i should be saying is the pelicans are looking like a team whether zion's there or not you got to look at them you have to pay attention to this team you if you can't sleep on this team and phoenix is finding that out and I don't know without Booker if it's going to be an easy road or a hard road. Well, I think the one thing you have to consider is they lost Booker mid-game last night. Yep. There, there's a difference between going into a game without a guy and losing a guy partway through the game. Um, I agree. You can game you can game plan without Booker. Yeah. And obviously, obviously it hurts. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not <laughs> saying that's not a big deal, but you can game plan for it. And, and I trust Monty Williams. I think he will game plan for it. I think as good as the Pelicans are, I think the Suns do have more talent. They, they have the pedigree from, you know, last year and their run. And so I think I still would pick the Suns to win this series. But if I were Chris right now, I'd be a little bit nervous. Yeah, I, I say, I say this, I still pick the Suns to win this series. I, even though I heard, um, 
some some people on you know ESPN saying that you know it's going to be it, it's going to be a close series. Maybe the Pelicans can pull it out. I will say this: I do agree with one thing I heard that DeAndre Ayton has to step up this game. He was a number one pick. He was an uh, he was there to be the the face and the culture of the Phoenix Suns. He can't have a ten and a nine, like a ten point nine rebound game. He yep. has to be a twenty ten player, easy. He needs to make this easy for Chris Paul, Bridges, crowd, all of them to just kind of play their game and not have to worry about the game. If if Aiton became that guy, Booker can really get healthy because you don't have to worry about it. So, you know, I would love to see what I, I think what they said was I want Aiton to have 20, 10, and five blocks every game. For the rest of he the has series. the talent. He has the ability. He has everything for it. He's just got to get into it. So next game will be, I know we started out with, uh, you know, I said we're going to go down the draft, but uh, Milwaukee is the next one I want to talk about. Milwaukee and Chicago. Hmm. It's it, the game right now is just, it's the end of the first quarter. It's 29, 28. I'm not too worried about it, but it's, Milwaukee won game one, but Chicago looks like they looked a little off. They looked a little frazzled. I don't know what it was. I don't know I if there's they're going up against Giannis, and he is a beast. <laughs> That's true, but they have a beast in themselves and their own and DeRozan. I mean, I I but he's not Giannis. I know. Mm. I know. There's a reason he's called mm. the Greek freak for a reason. Um I like this series. I like, I think one of my biggest things with this series is I would love to see this game. And I know this is going to sound weird, but I, and, and when Dylan hears this, he's going to give me some, some real crap for it. Um, I would love to see this game with ball in it to see how much it would change it. Mm. Um, I think I, I, I was one person when when Lonzo came out. I did not like his game. I didn't like, but he has changed my mind. This year with Chicago, he has changed my mind. He's played better. He's shown himself. If he wasn't hurt, I think this game would be a lot different. This series would be a lot different. I think it would be a lot different, but I think Milwaukee still wins. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Milwaukee a lot. They, you know, they won last year. That's they're, true. They are the, the defending. You know, okay, maybe like they've had only a tiny bit of roster turnover, only a few changes. I I don't know why people don't have them as higher favorites. Like I don't know why Milwaukee is not at least as favored as the Nets. You know, and yeah. I don't know the exact gambling odds, but I know the way everybody talks, it's like the Nets. And I think we're saying the case for the Celtics, but the Bucks with Giannis, with Drew Holiday. Like until proven otherwise, I don't know why they aren't, you know, the favorites to come out of the East, maybe even over the heat. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I could see that. I mean, you know, they were gritty last year. They won it all. They could be gritty again and win it all. And they are at full strength this year where they weren't last year. So um, next game we're going to go to. Is the Jazz Mavericks. That's without Luca. 
series is tied at one one. No Luca. So Dallas stayed in it last week or last night. Minus Luca, who should be coming back in this series, they say they just don't know if it's game four or game five. I I don't know what to say other than this game. This game didn't show anything to me. Brunson showed up. I that's great. He won the game. For, he pushed that. He pushed the Luca button for the night. You know, but Donovan Mitchell played like Donovan Mitchell's supposed to. The Jazz just haven't looked like they did last year. This season. Nope. No, the the Jazz, like if you can't beat a Luca list, like, like Mavericks, when Luca yeah. was out, when Luca was out, okay, there's your chance. But they somehow can't put it together. I don't know yeah. what the problems are. Brunson's a good player. He's not 41 points good. Cleaver's <laughs> a good player. I don't know that he's 25 points good. Like you you lost and you didn't even get beat by like Spencer Dinwiddie. If Dinwiddie went off. I might be like more okay, but Brunson and Maxi Kleber, like, I don't know. Just, yeah. It's really disappointing with the jazz. And I don't know what their problems are. I don't know why, you know, you think you have Rudy Gobert, Bogdanovich is a good player. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, like why, why did this happen? And I don't, I don't have an answer. I think that, I think the jazz are saying the same thing. It's like, why did this happen? Yep. Um, so next we'll go with um, – I'm torn. I really am torn. Raptors, Sixers. Mm. Yeah, Sixers this, Sixers are looking good. Um, I think we're going to have to see a little bit more from Harden at some point in time. Um, yeah. I know what – as it is right now, they're losing 95-90 with two minutes to go. But Harden hasn't played terribly this evening, um, at least as statistics go. Obviously, I'm, I'm not watching it right now. But the way Embiid's playing, if Tyrese Maxey can keep it up, he's been just a revelation. Um, Tobias Harris hasn't been bad. And I think Harden, Harden's getting judged so much on the stats he's putting up. But I think his, his threat has helped make Tyrese Maxey what he is. Yeah. Um, even though he may not be shooting that well, he may not be scoring that much. And as the playoffs go on, he's going to need to bring out a little bit more. I think... I think he's having effects on the game that the box score isn't showing. And then I think the Sixers, I just see them winning the series. You know, they, they don't have Matisse Thibel tonight. He didn't play that much the other night. I don't know how big of a deal that actually is, but even if the 76ers do lose this, 95, 94 now, even if the 76ers do lose this, I still say they have the series and likely have the series pretty easily. Yeah. I agree. I, Part I of think, that, though, is I will say to the Raptors, they they've been hurt. You know that that's a a tough draw. Yeah, I, I I like what the Raptors have done, especially since like everybody thought that they just kind of gutted themselves after their their run a couple of years ago. Um, but they haven't. They've just kind of played well, and they they're where they are. You're right. I think the Sixers have this. Um, I love the 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 assurgence of. The, the surgeons of Maxi. Um, I love how he's he's played well. Um, he's almost like, oh, I gotta watch Embiid. Oh, I gotta watch Harden. Well, who? Wait, wait, wait. We're still losing. Who's who's coming out of this? And it's who is Maxi? I like it. I like the way that they're going with it. Um, I just hope that it. I hope they can keep it up because that was the key from last year. Was it was just 
continual movement with it. And the thing um, about Maxi though, also give him credit. He worked so hard on his three-point shot. His improvement from last year, this year is incredible. So maybe if you are a, you know, a guard in Philadelphia who just really struggles to shoot, maybe this is a sign that you put in the work and good things happen. Yeah. Ben Simmons, cough, Ben Simmons. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Last game where um, the big man came off the bench. And that's the Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors, where my son's favorite player, Played off the bench, didn't start the game, but still scored the most points in the game. Um, and that's Steph Curry. They're looking strong. They're coming back. I, I think, you know, Steph might be starting in the next game or two. You know, if you score 34 and you're coming off the bench, I don't think Kerr can keep you on the bench much longer. Um with the I way, think, but with the way Jordan Poole's playing, the way Clay Thompson is coming back, I don't think they even need him against the the Nuggets. The Nuggets look so bad. Like, let's be honest. They, they, Joker's the they, Joker, but that's it. They can't guard the Warriors. No. They can't. Like, it's no. just they're it's it's likely the worst matchup that the Nuggets could have, and they can't guard them. They don't have the perimeter defense. The series is over. Uh, if it's not a sweep, I'll almost be surprised. I think the the Warriors sweep them. They get to rest guys a little bit more, and they move on. I think they'll have more challenge. Everybody's talking about like, oh yeah, they're 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 dynamite again. You know, they're you know they can't be stopped. Okay, let's see let's see them against the team that plays perimeter defense, and see if that still holds true. But generally speaking, you know, the Nuggets don't have a shot. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I I don't think I don't think the Nuggets have a team ready to put that in yet. I mean, I don't like to say that they're a good team. They're not a bad team. I just don't think they have those keys in yet. And and you know, like I, I said it to my my co one of my coworkers again, Joker needs to calm down, or else you know he's gonna be he's gonna help help the Warriors go faster you know, go through this series faster. It will be a sweep if the, if Jokic can't calm down and just play ball. So he struggles um, with that though. And as much he as does. like when he pushes Marcus Morris, did that make me smile and laugh? Yes, it did. I will be honest. That was hilarious. You know, you, you, you blatantly foul a guy, you take a cheap shot at him. Okay. You did not expect him to run you down and tackle you. I'm kind of glad he did. You've been throwing cheap shots your whole career and getting away with it. Guess what? This Serb is not going to take it. But overall, <laughs> I don't like Jokic. I just, I don't. I, you know, he he is worse to me than Luka. And Luka, I want to like, but his whining bothers me. Yeah, I Jokic, agree. I... Maybe it's just the face he has when he's complaining. I don't know, but I can't stand it. Okay. I'll right. just be honest. I, no, I agree. I get it. I get it. I am not a fan. Um, I'm not a fan of whiners. I, I will be the first one to say it. Uh, play the game. Let the, let the refs do their work. If it's a blatant miscall, guess what? It's just like in the NFL. If it's a blatant miscall, they'll find out. They'll see it. 
it may not win you the game, but you've got 82. It's not like in the NFL where you're at 17. It's a little different. You know, you should, if you are worried about the refs call, then you're not doing your job. Yep. So, so we're going to switch over. We're not going to take a break today. We're going to switch right into next week's biggest event. You know, we started this podcast talking about it. We haven't, we've been gone for a couple of weeks, so we haven't gotten to talk, do the depth like we did last year, but the NFL draft is next Thursday. We will have a podcast next week, probably talking more about this, but I'm just going to do some basic questions uh, for this year or for this week's uh, for, since it's just you and I, hopefully next week, it's all four of us and we can actually get a good conversation going about this draft before it happens Thursday. But what are your overall expectations from this draft i mean when i say that do you want it to be like you know last couple of years there's been no major trades there's been no major shakeups. do you want that like do you enjoy those it's not always about the player it's about the teams and what they do and and how they do it like you know washington a couple of years ago trading five picks to get the number one you know for a guy that doesn't even play on their team and yeah i think it depends like those are always interesting in the moment mm-hmm. but man if i'm if i'm a fan of a team like i don't love moves like if i don't want my team making moves like that like use use picks wisely but i think it depends you know talking about expectations of this year's draft and not to tease too much into the next topic yep. but i think i think it is interesting to see largely what the chiefs do the chiefs just got a ton of draft picks they have so many draft picks do they use the draft picks to go after a debo samuel who wants out do they go after some you know a tyreek hill replacement um or do they sit where they are and do they use at least one maybe two of their late first round picks on a wide receiver the the packers could be going after wide receiver you know and it'll be interesting to see this year quarterbacks they kind of suck but does somebody make a move up if the Panthers don't go Kenny Pickett at six? Does someone make a move up to go after Kenny Pickett? Not Kenny Pickett. Um, Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah. Because otherwise, like Malik Willis is, man, I would not want my team trading up to get him. But admittedly, no. he has all the physical talent. So <sighs> if you're going after a quarterback, I'd rather sit second round and maybe get like a Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell. There's especially for a second round grade rather than first Matt Corral could be interesting. I probably don't want Kenny Pickett unless you're trying to make a Joe Burrow type comp, but I don't see that. Uh, but no, maybe guys trading up for wide receivers. You know, do you really want the tall lanky, you know, high point contested catch guy in Drake London do you want the injured speedster in Jamison Williams? Do you love one of the Ohio State guys? Which I, yeah. I do like both Olave and Wilson. Maybe it's just because I've seen them beat my Penn State Nittany Lions <laughs> too often. Um, but I think they're just crisp route runners with some speed. Um, you've got my guy, Jahan Dotson. Who I, was saying, I hope yeah. he does not go to Kansas City. I would be very intrigued to see him in either Buffalo or Green Bay. But you know, the wide receivers to me is 
probably the most interesting. And then maybe the, the defensive ends. Does defensive Ooh. ends, defensive line, do people get wowed by the Georgia prospects at the combine and go after them? How far does Thibodeau, Thibodeau drop? Does Hutchinson go one overall? You know, I don't think there's that much excitement in this year's draft, but I think it'll still be fun. You know, it, compared to previous years, major trades, quarterbacks, I think quarterbacks drive a lot of the, the draft day trades, and that's yeah. just not there this year. I will agree with that. I, I think you're right. The quarterback position, because it's such a key position, it gets more of those trades happening and going. Um, I, I saw, I was talking to Dylan today about this. Uh, Schrager's mock draft came out and it upset me. Um, I am big on Trayvon Walker. I'm okay. big on him. I just, I like, I watched him in Georgia. I like, I watched highlights of him in Georgia. I, I do like what he did at the combine to give himself a little bit of a boost. Schrager put him at number one pick. Jags take Trayvon Walker over Hutchinson at number one. I was like, no, no. I I understand the thought process. I get the pick. No. Because and and Dill made Dill made a pretty good point about this is you know the hype's going up for that. So teams like the Giants or somebody who's looking at Trayvon Walker, oh wait, we mean need to like pull up, you know, go from 10 to three and you know try and figure out a way to trade to get up to the positions and and stuff like that and jacksonville might like say that yeah trayvon's a pretty good player we're looking at him we're talking to him just so that way oh wait whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we'll trade you because we want to get this and get more capital for you know i i don't know this is the stuff i love to see um but yes, I agree. the The wide receiver position right now, the defensive line, the de- like I'm going to go defensive end, defensive tackle, all of it. Offensive line. This is that deep draft that it's not going to be pretty and flashy. Yep. But it's going to be building. Your team should be looking at this. Someone like the Chiefs who have all this capital. This is the time to build. You have players that are young. Just build more around them, so you could just keep that that franchise being like it is right now for a longer period of time but you know i'm not in their front office i mean i'm i'm in, i would love to be in my team's front office because i've heard rumors of malik willis going to to, to atlanta at eight and i want to destroy my gm if that happens well it's not like you guys have any other position needs yeah we have we're, we're perfect on everything but quarterback you know um so, yeah, I, I, I think for me, my, my expectation is, is it's not going to be a great draft, but it's going to be one of those drafts I think could be interesting just because it looks – you're going to start looking at players. You're not going to know who this offensive tackle or this defensive tackle is, but you'll start looking at them as, oh, what can they do for my team when they get drafted? So Yeah, and I think, you know, looking and seeing, especially like where the Jets and the Giants double up with the two fir- early first-round picks, yep. you know, I think that's interesting because could could one of those franchises kind of get turned around because they've got some interesting young pieces and then two top ten draft picks? I heard a I heard a great great move for the Jets because of what they have is picking up. I can't remember the offensive tackle's name. At, you know, Ekwonu and then or Evan Neal. 
It wasn't Iwan Iquanu. It wasn't Iquanu because I don't think Iquanu's going to be there. I think Detroit's going to take Iquanu. I would take if I'm Detroit. But Iquanu could be that one. Um, it might be Neil and then, like, taking someone like um, – Where's their next pick's number 10, if I'm not mistaken, yep. right? Uh, taking, I can't think of the wide receiver's name. Uh, it's Drake not Drake London. London. It's not Drake London because I, I think Corey Davis is really technically supposed to be their Drake London. But I think more of their Olave, maybe even maybe even um, Dotson just because. Oh, Dot, I love Dotson. Dotson would be way too high at number 10. Um, he could possibly be their early second round. My thing though is you look and you do have Corey Davis, but you have Elijah Moore, which well, that's Elijah what I'm saying. Moore, this is he's healthy. Put Drake London opposite Elijah Moore, or Drake London, Corey Davis on the outsides with Elijah Moore in the slot. That I'm is, intrigued. I, I would be intrigued too. And then you know maybe even someone like Mc, like who they pick up. They had a tight end too. Uh, the Jets have a tight end. I can't remember his name. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, they just signed him from the Bengals. He was hurt. But they, they have two tight ends, didn't they? I think they did because but the what I'm saying, I guess basically this year, Zach Wilson, if, if if this draft goes the way that the Jets have been looking to set themselves up for, dude, Zach Wilson's gonna have some stuff to do. He's gonna have to show up this year. Um, and I think it could happen. I think that, that this could be a good year for Zach Wilson. So here's one thing: if you if you were looking for the drama of a trade uh, of, of, of the draft. What's a trade you want to see? I think draft you, night, draft, draft night. night. I think you'd say the, the wide receiver moves, you know, uh, who, who trades for Debo Samuel, who trades, you know, does AJ Brown get traded? Ooh, um, God, if, if, if Tennessee decides well, just to go into a rebuild mode, because, well, there's the, the trio of of guys threatening to hold out of yep. Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, Brown, and now Debo saying he wants out. Though, and now too. Debo came out and said he wants a trade. I think Brown and McLaurin might stay. I think they just want their money. Yeah. But Debo, I guess, just wants out, which is intriguing. Um, maybe he just realizes the way he's being used is going to minimize his value because wide receivers get paid, running backs don't. Um, but I think draft day trade of a running back or of a wide receiver is probably the biggest type of move we get because right now I don't see any quarterback moves on the horizon. I don't see quarterbacks in the draft worth trading for. What does Baker finally get traded for? I like, I know Baker, Jimmy G. I mean, mean, there's Robbie Anderson can say what he wants, but if I'm the Panthers, I would consider you know, Baker as a better option than any of the guys they have down there right now. But I don't see a big quarterback trade happening. And so I think the biggest move would be a wide receiver move where does does Debo get traded for Green Bay's two firsts, for Kansas City's firsts? Um, does Buffalo make a move? Does, you know, who, who steps in? The Jets? Do they make a move with their number 10 pick, maybe? Do you take Debo for a number 10? I don't know. So I I would like to see. So we were talking Drake London earlier, you know, with the Jets. My possible trades, there's a couple of them. 
But what if I said this one? If I'm the New York Jets, I'd trade my one four, my so my number four pick, Corey Davis. And I can and, and there's some other stuff. So maybe some second or third, maybe something, you know, next couple of years to the to the Seahawks for their number nine and DK. So Seahawks would they would not do that for if they're giving up their number nine as well. Like Corey Davis and a four. I know you said probably some other stuff included, but Corey right. Davis and a four for DK and a nine. If if their first round pick was later in the first round, maybe. But nine is still pretty high. And I don't know, especially in this year's draft, that positional value from number four and number nine is that much different depending on what they're looking at. If they're looking for a cornerback, Sauce Gardner could be gone by four or be gone by nine. But Stingley, he could still be there. You might still have Kyle Hamilton. Some of the top wide receivers will still be there. Maybe if you say you want one of the tackles, that would be the reason to move up to number four. But I don't know that it's worth giving up that much, especially after you saw the the just this the boatload of picks that Tyreek Hill brought in. That's I'm well. That's my thing. Like, is, is I'll take a five spot difference. And I guess that's my thing is is it seems like right now Seattle has a lot of capital because they got some nice little setup for you know from Denver. Um. Uh, for for Russell, I guess my thing is is you put someone like Drake London who's gonna have to build into that league, and someone like DK who's already there. Now he's just got to build a rapport with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I looked at some trades that I would like to see. I know, I know these are like I'm going a little far fetched. I'm not gonna lie. Besides Baker and, and Carolina as a possibility, and you know, Carolina doesn't take Malik Willis, then Baker's getting traded. You know, but I think they're gonna take their I'm gonna, I think they're gonna use their sixth pick first before making that trade. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but like Kyler Murray. Yeah, that could true. be another that could be another person that looks like at a trade point. I don't know if I would give up if I'm the Panthers, I don't know if I'd give up six. But maybe something is a later down the line type. To I try think and build in desperation, especially after missing out on Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'd give up a six, depending on what all else they want. I'd give up a six for Murray. So, I that that's the thing is is we said quarterbacks usually make the thing make it a little you know crazier, and there may not be quarterbacks in the draft, but there's still quarterbacks in play. Um, and I think that's going to get where those interesting possibilities could happen. Mm, that's um, so that goes to my last question. What is something you want to see? Not just expectations. You're hoping this happens maybe with your team. I know you have a couple technically. Yeah. But. No, I think I would like to see the Giants get an offensive lineman and and protect Daniel Jones because I don't know what the heck Daniel Jones is. I don't know. I don't. That's true. I agree. He he has flashed 
so much promise, and then he has looked totally incompetent. And I don't know which one he is. He's like surprisingly fast when he's not tripping himself. He he makes some good throws, but he's also been sacked so much. He's not so get him an offensive lineman. You know, perhaps they're at what are they four or five? Five and seven. Five, five and seven. Yep. So honestly, I would love to see what Evan Neal or um, Ekwanu at five or seven, and if they can get if Thibodeau drops. That would if be a you good somehow pick up come for them. away with, even if you'd end up with Charles Cross and Kayvon Thibodeau, that to me is a really intriguing, you know, draft for the Giants. Um, I do want to see what the Jets do. I want to see, you know, do they go defense? Do they go, you know, with Robert Sala? Do they try to build that defense or do they get some more pieces on offense? Um I'm really excited. I would love to see the Bills or the Packers get Jahan Dotson. I really, really hope he doesn't go to the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> then I want to see. I want to see the. I re, I like the Bills, and I would love to see them win. So I'd love to see them get one more piece to go with Stephon Diggs Just give him, um, yep. and Josh Allen, and then also for the Packers, you know, put put something else there. Let's see what Rodgers can do without Devontae Adams. I agree with that one. Um, I think for me, what I want to see is there's a couple things. I mean, I first and foremost, I want to see my team make smart moves, not just I don't want to be shaking my head with my Falcons at number eight. Um, I would love to see the Packers get a great wide receiver, like Steele, like just somebody like, taking a chance, you know, Williams with his injuries and stuff like that, just pick it up. My biggest one is I think the one place that I want to see happen is Malik Williams, Malik Willis. I'm sorry. I want to see him in Pittsburgh. Hmm. I, with everything that's going on with this guy, with Malik, just, you know, his ups, his downs, of like, hey, he's very athletic. He's great, but he's not a great quarterback. He went to Liberty. That's why. If he was a great quarterback, he'd be somewhere else. You know, he's shown he can play the game. And with just there's keys to him that I want to happen for for that. But with uh, – I just went blank. Who – Pittsburgh just lost the quarterback. Um, Dwayne Haskins. Thank you. Having something like that with, you know, Dwayne Haskins, you know, passing away. And just that seems like almost a good fit, especially behind. Behind. Uh, oh, man, it's now late. Thank you. It's late now. I'm, I'm out. This is just I'm glad this is the last question. Um but having Mitch Trubisky there, he a lot of ways he's like Malik Willis, and a lot of he's athletic. Hold on, when I say this, he's a mobile quarterback. He can throw the ball. He can t- learn. You can teach him how to be patient as well as poise. 
you know, Trubisky, everybody's hoping that Trubisky learned a lot from Josh Allen on how to be this guy. We'll see, in, you know, if it is true or if it isn't. But the other thing is, is the fact that he, you know, I think Malik Willis would just be a perfect fit in Pittsburgh. Now, the one thing that worries is everybody thinks Malik Willis would be a perfect fit in Pittsburgh. And a team like, you know, in the division that has that pick ahead of them is going to be going, oh, you want him? Oh, what are you going to give me for him? You know, I'll take him. You know, Baltimore could take him at 14 just to have him in the back in the bench, just for, you know, whatever. I don't see that happening. I don't think that Baltimore would be that dumb. I see them more trading, trading out to somebody else. Yeah, I don't see them trading in the division. I would say, yeah, I agree. But I'm just saying I would love to see something like it, you know, maybe with Minnesota at 12, just to make sure that they can get them. Um, the Chargers at, you know, at 17. I don't think he's. they have to trade high to yep. get Malik Willis. But I do want to make sure I would if I'm if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm wanting to make sure that I pick him up. Um, Drake London, I do like him as a, a lot as a, as a wide receiver. And I think he would be one guy I would love to see in Green Bay. He won't yeah. last that long. But I think if, if there's a way for Green Bay to pick up somebody like him, I think that would be a, a key. And of course, me, I want Trayvon Walker in Atlanta. It ain't going to happen unless we trade out and, you know, get somewhere back in the bottom, you know, the mid first round again. But I want to happen. That's my that's my expectation. Is I would love to have a great wide receiver. I, I I'm not saying who because there's you know there's a couple of them, you know, um, and and I would love to have Trayvon Walker on my team as well. So, but with that, guys, we're gonna end this episode. Um, and you know, next week, if we get all four of us on here, it's going to be probably an all draft night because the draft will be tomorrow the next day and you guys will want to listen to us because we if we've got to cram what we did last week in five in one episode oh it's gonna be fun so if you guys listen to us on a weekly basis just make sure you're listening to us next week and just as an aside sixers beat the raptors so i'll keep going with that take So, yep, there you go. See you next week. All right. See you guys.